Welcome to the very first edition of 10 for the Win. I'm Ray and we'll be taking you through 10 questions from the world of US sport. Uh, and my name's Daryl. Um, as, as Ray said, we'll be talking about 10 questions from US sport. Each talk about will last for about three minutes and hopefully by the end of the show, you'll be a bit more wise up on what we're about to talk about. Uh, so Ray, have you got the first question for us? I have indeed. Let's jump straight in with the news that Julio Jones has skipped OTAs once again. He's at mini, He's going to be at minicamp, so it's not a problem for an actual holdout. But what he wants, once again, just like he did last year, is a new contract because he wants to be paid as the best wide receiver in the NFL. So the question is, should the Falcons pay him or should they dump him? Um, in my opinion, he is one of the best in the NFL. Um, and if they don't pay him, who are they going to get in to really take his place? Because... All right, you, you've got young prospects, you've got young people like this, but with the likes of AB being at the Raiders now, you've got um, DeAndre Hopkins at the Texans, where are they going to get a real top draw uh, wide receiver? Uh, especially with him already on the books and he's already settled in now, why not pay him? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, Julio is at the moment the fifth leading active receiver. And when you think above him, you've got Larry Fitzgerald, Brandon Marshall, Antonio Gates. Only Antonio Brown is properly active obviously Fitz will have another good year but he's not going to be yeah. around for much longer to be fair no. my problem with him is is he going to do this every year he's kind of trying to turn it into the NBA where you have players sign like a two-year contract with the second year being a player option and then they want to opt out of the contract and again get the maximum contract it seems to me that that's what he's trying to do he's trying to force them every single year to give him more money yeah I, I do agree with you and I think that is probably wrong uh, on his point of view, but at the same time, these these athletes only, especially in NFL, your contract, you, your your career could be done first first game of the season, it could be career over. So why not try and get as much as much as you can out of your, the organisation you play for while you are? I know you, you I know you should have the loyalty and you should see out the contracts that you can, but if you're say they they could play the first snap. Uh, the first league game, or even the first friend, first preseason game, he gets injured, career over. He is currently, I think, he's about the thirteenth highest paid wide receiver by average. Yeah, and to be fair, that is appalling. Yeah, considering what he's what he is worth and what he is his ability, he should be right up there in sort of that top three to top five range. Look at some of the people ahead of him. You've got Brandon Cooks, who's pretty good, but he's he's not Julio. No, you've got Jarvis Landry, who's a slot receiver. Yeah. Stefan Diggs, Sammy Watkins, Adam Thielen. I mean, Thielen just signed a new contract that made him the what, seventh highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. He's not the seventh best. He's consistent. Yeah, but he's not the best. He's not the seventh best by any stretch. No. Um, same as Brandon Cooks, he'll do a job. Sammy Watkins will do a job, but it's not Julio Jones. No. So if, if you said to me he's third on the list behind um, Antonio Brown and Hopkins, I'd be like, fair enough. Like I can't stand it, but 11th or 13th for every single list is a big. So you understand in that way why he should be quite a lot. He'll want that pay rise because he is that good. Yep. Okay, on to the next yep. question. Right, okay. My question is, what's next for the Warriors? So the Warriors uh, lost uh, in the NBA Finals this year yeah, in six games to the Raps. Where do they go from here? I think the interesting thing for me watching, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of this season's basketball, but watching it, they didn't seem to have the level of intensity I would expect for a team that's going for a championship. Game one in particular, they were just, they looked lazy. 
game six they were playing they you know they had all of this win it for kevin and all this mumbo jumbo and to me there wasn't there wasn't that effort when the times when they put a hundred percent effort in they looked like they were going to win they were all over yeah. them they they looked brilliant my worry for the warriors is they're not a team they're three players and then some trash basically and yeah. if that's the way you're going to build your team when you get a couple of injuries you're basically going to lose especially if those injuries are to well I'll, i like clay thompson i think clay thompson's better than steph curry for his all-round game right which is slightly controversial very controversial but i, I love clay thompson i think he's brilliant and kevin durant for me is better than both of them yeah. so you lose those he's two probably the best basketball player on the planet right now so so the question is, for me, I think, do they reset and go for a team and Steph Curry as your big player? And I think they probably, they probably should. Or they're going to have to spend a ton of money. Yeah, we, you go back to the first year they won it with Clay and Steph. Clay was sort of coming through. Steph was the main man and they won that as a team. Yeah, As you said, Kevin Durant coming in, they have gone from this team to three very individual players. Um, that don't really work as a team, especially this year. They don't seem like that that cohesive um, unit that they have looked like in the past. I know there's been problems with uh, Durant and Draymond not really getting on. Uh, obviously, Kevin uh, could probably go get a, a, an extortionate contract somewhere else. To sort of, so he's got that that now. For me, I'd probably go down the same route as you. I'd, I'd say to Kevin, right, thanks for your time here. You've got a couple of rings with us. We've got a couple of championships. Move him on, and then. Build again, build some youth around them. Have Steph as your main man, Clay. I'd keep Draymond. Draymond's good at good at what he does. Why not? Why not keep it that way? I would. I was going to completely agree with you, and I do agree with you. That's my. That's basically my position. But I was reading this morning they are still going to offer Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant maximum contracts, despite the fact Kevin Durant's not going to play next year. No. An Achilles injury. He's going to be out for the whole year. Clay Thompson, you're looking realistically at nine to twelve months. Yeah, he's not going to be available to, to at least January and full tilt till at least March. Yeah, so you're looking basically at signing two players that mean you're going to be already over the salary cap. Yeah, and they're not going to play. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, I, I don't quite agree with it, um, especially when Kevin's not getting any younger at the moment either. He's a uh, he's got to be 30, 30, 30 plus. Yeah. So, why not move him on? He'll have a year out of the game. Hopefully, it'll bring him back. He'll be able to go somewhere else and try really push somewhere, and then they can rebuild. I, I don't mind them keeping keeping Clay. Clay will play again this season. An ACL injury, you will play again. But as you say, that Achilles injury, if that's a bad one, yeah, you might as well write his season off and, and move him on. For me. One last point so, I would say is that the interesting thing for me is Durant actually has a player option for this year. Right. Which he hasn't yet waived. So if they don't offer him a contract, he could always just do his player option and make them pay him. It's an interesting point. <laughs> Which, to be fair for him as well at that point, if he is out for the year, yeah, he's not going to get a contract anywhere else. He could do that and he'll still get all the physio, everything there through the club. I mean, you, so, you compare yeah. it to the the Boogie thing. Last year, Boogie had the same injury and he's he still yeah. looks injured, basically. He can't get off the yeah. ground. And Kevin Durant's a much more dynamic player, so you'd imagine it's going to affect him a lot more. That's a serious injury, the Achilles tendon. That's that's the it's, big that's, one now. That, that's everything. 
that's everything for a basketball player. Yeah, I mean, 15 years ago, the ACL was thought of as this one will end your career. And now we're kind yeah. of in the situation where people expect you to come back from an ACL. But Achilles, yeah. Achilles is now, for me, is the one where you, you question whether he's going to have a career. Yeah, especially to the career of what his ability deserves to have from here. So, but anyway, should we, are we on to the next question? We are now on to the next question. Okay, so there was an article came out before the season about the Chicago Cubs pitching, which basically said, based on the Picotta system, which basically said, as the Cubs pitchers are getting older, they are going to become much worse this season. Mm. So much worse that I believe it was something like 25 games less they would win this year based on their pitching. Right, right. And everyone was outraged. There's no way this could possibly happen. And the Cubs came out absolutely flying. They were brilliant. And now they're kind of moving more towards these projected ERAs and all this kind of stuff. So I'm wondering, do you think the Cubs pitchers are too old to win the World Series this year? Um, now I am a Cubs fan. Um, I do follow a lot, most of the Cubs games. And at the start of the season, I was quite worried about the pitching staff. Um, we, Leicester and Cole, they are getting on, but they are very good pitchers. Um, and they've shown that this year already, how well they're pitching, especially Cole Hamels at the moment is pitching lights out. Um, Cole Hendricks as well has been pitching lights out recently, even though he should be moved to the um, injured list for 10 days. So, yeah, I, I don't believe they've got too much longer in them. Um, but the way they're pitching at the moment, and they're actually, they're, the, them three pitchers, as well as um, Q, Quintana, is actually pulling Darvish through this at the moment. So and he's he's only he's just started to come really good for us as well. So in my eyes, I'm not too worried about our, our starting rotation. It's the actual bullpen that I'm more worried about. Um, I think we'll I think those five pitches will be fine. I do believe we can win the World Series even more now with uh, Craig Kimbrell coming in as our closer. Uh, so I'm not overly worried. What what's your thoughts on it? I think my problem is at the moment they're kind of pitching at career high levels. Yeah, and I worry that as they get older, what you tend to see is at the end of the season that starts to fall away. Yeah, and I think you'll be fine. Obviously, you're going to make the playoffs. I don't think there's anyone going to question whether you're going to make the playoffs. Although, obviously, this Picotta did question whether you would make the playoffs. Even yeah, the, the way that um, the offense is panning on as well, yeah, I can't see us missing out. No, I think quite much. No, I think you'll be fine. I think the system. The problem with the Picotta system is basically. Be, it never predicts you will have a career year. Yes. Because it's solely based on your history. Your ceiling is set at whatever your ceiling has been. Yeah. So it is slightly unrealistic, but I do think there are concerns when you hit the playoffs for how much they've pitched during the regular season. Now, if you could win the title, win your division before you get like really, really deep. So like if you can win it in September, early September, maybe you could like just scale them back a little bit, save them some innings. Yeah, start. Yeah. Rest the arms a little bit. Yeah. Problem is with, with the division that we're in, especially with uh, Milwaukee still doing what they're doing, I can't see it being over that early. I would agree with I that. I think it will go quite I think it will go quite deep. But as you say, with with the bullpen there now, we might be able to move things around. Um, Chatwood's pitching well enough uh, in the bullpen. Montgomery's pitching well enough in the bullpen. Then you've started then you've got Edwards Jr.'s coming back and he's he's pitching well. Uh C pitching well. Pedro Strokes pitching well, and then you add Kimbrell, and then you could potentially add Morrow if he gets uh, fit. That bullpen should be able to help 
these guys later on in the season. So I'm not overly worried. I'm just an injury to someone like Hamels um, would really ruin this um, Cubs pitch and stuff. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, um, but yeah, it, it weren't the best series for us either. We just just lost to the Dodgers three-one. Uh, so and the pitching wasn't great from what I've listened to. But you move on. We've got the White White Sox this week, so hopefully the pitchers um, we step back up and get back on that winning run. Dodgers for their third World Series appearance in a row. Yeah, they're playing well enough as well. Their um, their pitching staff scary. Yeah, scary good. With so we just spoke about the Warriors uh, and the Raptors winning their um, their first uh, NBA NBA championship. Um, LeBron James moving to the Lakers, not the best year of his career. Had a couple of injuries. The question is, can LeBron win any more NBA titles? No. Look, with with the AD trade that's come, they are going to compete. But it's kind of the same as my opinion for the Warriors, is they're going to have two players on max contracts. They're going to have, I think I think I saw today, they're going to complete the trade on the 6th of July, which means they'll have $27 million in cap space. Obviously, it's a soft cap. You can go over that. But they're yeah. basically going to be in the same situation as the Warriors. They're going to have two star players, Carl Kuzma and... No one else at the moment. They've pretty much got no one on the roster. They've got like two or three other players actually on the roster. I think that's it. Yeah. So yeah. You, they're basically they, they're trying right. that way, and it's not going to work. For me, this and what they've done is they've got rid of three young players. They got rid of three draft picks, including the number four this year. They're basically Lonzo saying Paul, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. Yeah, they're basically saying we win this year because the other thing for me is you're going to end up with is. Davis even going to stay a Laker because the rumor is he's going to opt out next year and hit free agency which means you might only actually have him for one year and then who knows then what yeah so for, for me anything can happen with LeBron the fact that he's had this uh, postseason off and the rest might just do in the world of good it's not a postseason off in how many years so coming back and with AD, if they get enough tools around him, they've got a chance. Cole Kuzma is a very good basketball player. They keep him fit. But as you said, they've lost Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. Brandon Ingram played well enough last year. Lonzo come good at points last year. So you've lost this real youth of the basketball team that can really pro- propel them forward to just relying on pretty much LeBron and AD yep. to... So for, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they won another one, especially with the Warriors being um, short. They're probably they're going to be short of Durant and probably um, Clay Thompson. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they won it, but I can't see it happening for me. I think it's a lot like like with the Rockets. They've got James Harden and they've got Chris Paul, but the rest of them you kind yeah. of you kind of question it. And my problem with LeBron is I love LeBron, he's brilliant, but he rips up teams and tries to build his own team. And then when he leaves, they're completely screwed. You've got... Yeah. The Lakers have given up three first-round draft picks and all their young players. Yeah. So basically, they're going to fill them... Like the Cavs did, they're going to have really average players. Yeah. And to me, that's... Yeah, because they're not going to afford anything else. Yeah. So I think... Yeah. I think he will. I think he probably will win because he will demand more players to come in. He will demand it. Yeah. Because that's what he did in, in Cleveland. They got rid of... Yeah good players to bring in 
older just players. need players to fit his system. Yeah. Yeah. He'll have to have players to fit his system because he'll still want to be the leader of that team. Yeah. And with AD there, it's going to be both of them going to want, want to be the leader because they're both that big player. So it'll be interesting to see who they get around them. Because really, apart from LeBron at Miami, where he played with those big players like Wade and Bosch, yeah, he's always been the big dog everywhere else he's been. So playing with another big dog could be interesting because you see, um, uh, Kyrie didn't really like playing with LeBron. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't really get the ball he wanted. So it will be an interesting year, and I'm quite looking forward to seeing how they do get on. To be fair. Okay, on to the next question. In the last couple of weeks, Jerry Jones has come out and said that. Dak, Dak Johnson's going to get paid. And my question... Dak, Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak Prescott, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, so Dak Prescott's going to get paid. He's going to get Russell Wilson kind of money, according to Jerry Jones, which is, yeah. well, frankly, it's silly money because A, he's not Russell Wilson, and B, Russell Wilson's on silly money. Yes. My question is, with all of the players they've got coming up for contracts, should they really be paying Dak Prescott $35 million a year? What... What has he done to deserve thirty-five million dollars a year? Absolutely nothing. That's that's pretty much all there is to say. That they they don't win games unless Zeke is playing well. Yeah. Because Dak doesn't have the ability to win them games on his own. Okay, he he hasn't had the weapons in the wide receiver core, like especially last year. But still, he's not for me. He's not a good enough quarterback to deserve thirty-five million dollars per year. Like and again, so I'm not fully clued up on the Cowboys. It's a team I don't really like. However, again, do they have a lot of? Have they added wide receiver, wide receivers this year? Weapons for him? Not really. You've got Amari Cooper, who's in the last year of his contract that they added last year, and he was fantastic at the end of last year. He but was. that was, I think, that was more him than Dak. That was more Cooper being Cooper. Like yeah. I, if I was, if I had the chance to take Amari Cooper at the Patriots right now, I'd snap your hand off. I think he's a top quality wide receiver. But is that good enough? Again, I like Dak as that running threat as well, but I don't think he's got the, the ability with, it, with the arm to really deserve that much. And at the moment, the Cowboys have, they have Dak Prescott, they have Amari Cooper, you have... Alan Hearns, Randall Cobb, Lyle Collins, Malik Collins, Sean Lee, Jalen Smith, and Byron Jones are all in the last year of their contract. Yeah. And they have... Well, that's Zeke. Zeke's got to be pushing that contract as well, hasn't he? he ha- they have one one-year option on him for next season. Right. So at the end of next year, he's going to need to get paid. He'll be, he'll be asking for big money. He'll be asking for proper big money. Yeah. Especially if he has another good year this year. Let's see where he so... is... Zeke is already the 16th highest running back active yeah. for rush yardage. So if he keeps Harry's going, he'll be demanding to be right in that top five because he's a top five running back as well. And this is where it gets interesting for me because they have 60 million in cap space for next season. If you give Dak, yeah. say 30 million for Dak, you give, Murray Cooper's going to be on 10 to 15 million. You've got yeah. offensive linemen to pay, you've got linebackers to pay. I don't think they can fit them under 60 million. No. If you're paying Dak that kind of money, Dak has to win you games, and Dak, for me, doesn't win you enough games to be worth thirty million. No, not at all. Now, if 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 you said twenty mil, I could potentially take that as as fifteen mil difference. But is can you see the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl with Dak as your 
quarterback. No. No. <laughs> He'll make no. too many mistakes for me. Yeah. It's just he's just not he's not one of those elite maybe like seven, eight, maybe I don't even know if you'd have him in the top ten to be honest. No. Because if, if you're playing against the Cowboys, you stop their running game and you make that throw it. Yeah. And you know you're gonna get you you know at least one point there's gonna be a mistake in there. Definitely. At least at least one time a game and against teams like against teams in the NFL now, one mistake could lose you a game. And I did see an interesting t- statistic today. The Dallas Cowboys have three of the highest paid 13 offensive linemen in the NFL. They're actually paying three offensive linemen close to $45 million combined this year. It's madness. Madness. So $45 million worth for three offensive linemen is stupid money. Yeah. <laughs> All right, they've got a great O-line and probably the best offensive line in the in the league, but how can you how can you warrant paying forty five millions worth? You can't. And if you're going to do that, you're going to say we're a running team, we're not a passing team. So why are you paying your quarterback thirty million? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Right, next question. The Patriots won their sixth Super Bowl last year. Uh, Brady with six rings as well. Um, <laughs> I don't like that. Um, now, Brady. How long can he go for? That's the question. How long can Tom Brady last? Well, he's the only quarterback ever to complete a full season over the age of 40. So he's already in completely uncharted territory. And at this point, I mean, he looks after himself physically. He does like his yoga and his Pilates and his stretches and he keeps himself... Avocado ice cream and stuff like that. And I think he's... Is he vegan? He is vegan. I've actually actually got his um, TB12 method and just the stuff he goes through is, is incredible. Um, yeah, go on, carry uh, But what I think is probably going to happen, and you're not going to like this, at some point he is going to get completely blown up by someone. Yeah. And he will get an injury. And that injury will end his career. So, now to be fair, he's only had one injury basically when he got hit below the knees, which is now illegal. Yeah. But if he like gets an AC joint sprain, it'll be done. Like, instantly yeah. done. But, he doesn't get hit that much because he does avoid them. He's kept himself flexible. So realistically, he could go easily to 45, 46. I think he'll go for, I think he'll get to 45 injury free. But you're right. He's now at the age where injuries will take longer to get rid of. will take longer to be back to full fitness. Um, the only good thing for uh, Brady uh, and the way the Patriots play is he's very rarely got that, got the ball in his hands longer than two seconds. Yeah. So if you're telling, um, linebackers, whoever to, come, to to go and hit him, you've got two seconds to get there. It's not going to happen too often. Yeah. Now, if teams start defending the, that and stopping the quick slant pass and stuff like that, and players like that, then Brady might have a problem. But while he can still do that, I can't see him getting injured. No, I mean... Just because he's not getting it. It's a very fast offence. It plays very fast. You, you don't get long to actually hit him. And I think part of that's because Belichick knows... If they lose Brady, while they'll still be good, because they were when Matt Castle started those 15 games, they're not unbeatable. They're very, very beatable when without Brady. Yeah. And part Definitely. of it is because he does have to make those quick decisions. So you've kind of you've built this offense that makes quick decisions, which plays into Brady's hands, makes him maybe in the conversation for GOAT. Maybe. He's the GOAT. And then, maybe. <laughs> and then... <laughs> But it kind of, it also means that you've now made it harder for another quarterback to come in because that quarterback has to also be yeah. able to think quickly, make decisions and trust his decisions. 
that's why I think Jimmy G would have been perfect in there. But you couldn't keep both of them because obviously both want to play. So Jimmy G got paid when he went to the 49ers. Yeah. But since then, he's only, he must have only played about seven, eight games since he's been to the 49ers. Yeah. Two big injuries. So would he have lasted? That's the problem. Now, with Brady, again, yes, Harry looks after himself. He's, he's already been um, training with the, the new uh, wide receivers this year on their own. He looks well up for another one. Now, at the start of last year, uh, he didn't attend OTAs or uh, like the mini camps and stuff. So this year, he's up for everything. So I think you'll see Brady really pushing for another MVP and another Super Bowl. Mm. <laughs> I don't think he, he was. Te- he weren't even in the top five quarterbacks really last year on stats. Like when you look at Mahomes, I can't. I, I think you'll want to push and say I am this good. Yeah, beat beat me. So it'll be interesting. I, I'm looking forward to it. And I can't wait to really start getting back into the swing of drafts and stuff. I actually, it'll be interesting to see where he goes as a quarterback this year. Okay, on to the next question. At the end of last season, we had Todd Gurley basically disappearing in the big games. Just wasn't put on the field. And it's come out during the off-season that he may have arthritis in his knee, the same knee that he tore the ACL in when he was at college. So the question is, is Gurley done in the NFL as a number one top-tier running back? Yes. Oh, that was quick. Yes, because the injury that he's got isn't, it's not going to go away. If he's got arthritis in his knee, that's never going. That'll always, it'll always have problems. And they've already said, I've, I've read something a little while ago, that they will be a committee next year. So, all right, he's still going to get his touches, he's still going to get his touchdowns, but Gurley will not be that explosive top Gurley that we've seen for the last two years. I don't think he'll go too high. I think he'll, I think he'll go second round in a lot of drafts this year just because of what... He went so early because he was playing every snap. If he's not doing it, totally different story he is that good it's just a shame that injuries but that's what we said earlier on injuries in this sport can end your career in seconds and he's not I don't think we'll see the same player out of Todd Gurley ever again when Todd Gurley's at his best though he is I think for me he's up there with Barry Sanders as one of the greats yeah but like you say once you get that knee injuries are obviously really really bad for running backs particularly because they hit every play wide receivers can go out of bounds a little bit more often. But yeah. running backs get hit low a lot. And it wasn't just like it was it was a marginal change in his performance at the end of last season. He became awful. When he was out there, he just didn't look like Todd Gurley. He looked like... No. Yeah, he was second best uh, there last year. He, he, he was pretty much their number two running back. That's that's where he got to the point to. Um, I can't even remember the, the running back's name that come in. Um, oh, CJ Anderson. C. Jansen, and he was the better running back for the last four games of the season. Yeah, and that says everything that he, he come off a he come off a couch to become LA's number one running back when they've got good. That shows how bad that injury is for that team. And without without him, can they even get back to the Super Bowl? Because I'm not really sure they can. Not with Goff as their quarterback. I think he's the same. I'd put him in that same category as Dak. Not good enough. Doesn't show. He'll give you a mistake he, he hasn't got he will not win you many games on his own with his hands for me so I, I don't see them being a real threat this year now I am a big WWE fan I've been a WWE fan for uh, years ever since the actual era um, I still watch it now 
um, not as much anymore because I'm uh, pretty busy with other stuff and other things I watch. But um, the question is for the WWE: Can AEW rival the WWE? Now, I never watch wrestling at all, but I do like business and I do like money. And I think the thing with wrestling is really it's all about the show. So I think if you can put together a good show, and from what I hear, they've got like good names on their rosters with Omega, Cody Rhodes, Rhodes and Chris Jericho. They've got a lot of money behind them because they're, I believe, Jacksonville Jaguars billionaire. Yeah. Shahid Khan is behind it as well. Yep. So I think if you can put on a really good show, WWE's got stale. I hear that yep. all the time from people that it's just kind of going along and making its money, but not really entertaining people the same way it used to. Yep. So I think from what I've read, a lot of people really want something to challenge it. So I think that gives it a leg up just to begin with. So I think as long as they can put on the show, I think they probably can. I, I, I do agree. Um, and a lot of it you said, they're like Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, both WWE veterans, especially Jericho. Um, they've also taken probably WWE is one of the biggest stars and Dean Ambrose who have now become John Moxley. If they, if they keep going, WWE stars will start filtering over there more because they'll, they, they'll, they'll get a better uh, showing over there, a better push. Now, so I love WWE and all, all the vets and everything like that. It, it showed to me that WWE had gone stale at the um, Saudi Arabia showdown the other week. Now, their main attraction, their main fight for that was The Undertaker versus Goldberg. And what a trash show that was. Right? You're trying to push things out. Yeah, Undertaker and Goldberg 15 years ago would have been, I would have stayed up at any time to watch that. Now, what are we doing? You've got all these fantastic young wrestlers that are pu- that could push this company to, whole new, to a, whole new, a whole new level and you're booking people that can barely walk anymore. <laughs> so AEW have got a real chance to push something here. And my, I've got two real close friends who are massively into uh, wrestling. And they've already said the best pay-per-view they've watched this year is the AEW one um, from a couple of weeks ago. And they said it was better than Mania better Royal Rumble. So if they keep things up like that, we could really see something new come in and take WWE over. Uh, how does it work with the wrestling? Can like the young wrestlers move over to AEW? Uh, you're under contract, so they'll be under contract WWE, but you do get released. It won't be like 10-year contracts or anything like that. It'll be a couple of years. So they will be able to move move about. Um, there's like Japan wrestling companies or people moving in and out of. So yeah, you can see quite a lot of WWE wrestlers in the AEW anytime soon. So on to the uh, ninth question now, and we've kind of covered this a little bit before, but with the trade of Anthony Davis to the Lakers, who wins the trade? Um, I'd probably go with the Pelicans. They've right, they've lost AD, who's a top draw. He's like, he's one of the best players in the league right now, especially not like the top sort of 12 to 15 players. But if you're adding... Uh, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the number four overall pick from this this week's draft. Two future first round picks in 2021. If it falls in one away or 2022 unprotected, the Lakers are the Lakers have lost their future. Everything that the Lakers could get to will help LeBron in the next three four years, they've lost. Yeah. So there's only one winner here, and the Pelicans have got three really good, really good young players. And I tell you, Lonzo going over to the Pelicans. LA spotlight long time real good year this year interesting I think I actually unfortunately I agree with you again I think the Lakers basically have one year of Davis and then he has a player option now he may re-sign 
you would assume he probably will if the Lakers do well and depending on his relationship with LeBron. The problem I've got is the big players actually want to play with LeBron because it's LeBron's team. Everyone knows he's just ripped up the Lakers. This is the young core they were building has just completely gone. It's been decimated because LeBron wants to win, which isn't a bad thing because players want to win. Yeah. But is Davis going to sign a long-term contract when he knows that after the 2020 season, LeBron James can opt out of his player. He can use his player option, lead the Lakers, just like he left the Cavs, just like he left the Heat, and lead them with no young players at all. Yeah, and then he'll be left on his own. Yeah. Lakers are in a bit of trouble. I think you said it when we were talking sort of off air. It's win or bust this year for the Lakers. Yeah. They don't win it this year. The Lakers could be in real trouble, and they've been in trouble for a long time since the likes of Shaq and Kobe. I can't see him winning it this year, or so I can't see him winning it. I'd never be surprised if LeBron won it because LeBron is that good on his day. Yeah, but if they don't win it, that's the kind of thing, though, isn't it? Because is is Davis going to be happy being like this? Is because it's it's LeBron's team. There's I don't think anyone's in any doubt, especially when you look at this trade. They have just completely sold the farm to get LeBron another ring. Yeah. No, they they may work, they may come off and be brilliant, but if they have a real, if they have a bad start to the season. The fans won't like it, and they'll be in big trouble. Yep, big, and, big trouble. And if Davis isn't happy, he'll just opt out at the end of this year, and then he'll be gone. So you've traded all of those picks, yep. three picks, three players, and you won't have AD. That would be an absolute disaster, and that could be bad for LeBron's legacy. Yep, and as, as you said um, earlier on, the, the Warriors had these three big players. Yep. Injury to one or two of them, you're struggling. The Lakers are going to have two big players with Kyle Kuzma. You lose one of them, you're in big trouble. Definitely. And I think season could be over before it even starts. That's the thing, because the East now is kind of like a team ethos, and the West is big player ethos. And it was yeah. for me, it was fascinating to see the Raptors actually win that. Whether they would have won if the Warriors had had all three of their big players. But that's the risk you're taking. You're basically saying, we're going to have three players, not a team. And the other team is saying, we're going to be a team. Yep. Now, I didn't think um, the Raptors would get there. I actually thought it'd be, I actually thought it'd be the Bucks. But fair play to the Raptors. What what a great effort to beat that team. And you're right. Everything there. You look at Raptors, the Bucks, the Celtics. They're all very team team orientated, which is great. And it's good to see the teams win. I love seeing teamwork yeah. win a championship, right? Because it has been, as we've said, it's very star player orientated over at the Warriors, and that's what it's been like the last few years. So. I'm more than happy with a uh, Raptors win. Last question. Um, we spoke a little bit about the NFL today with a couple of our topics, but um, who, for you, would be your early favourites? I think you have to start with last year's good teams. So you're looking at the Saints, who, no matter what you say about how they lost the NFC Championship game, that's two playoffs in a row that they've completely fluffed. When, for me, they were the best team in the NFC both years. And yep. I think they've still got weaknesses on the defensive side. The Rams have the issue with Todd Gurley, which I think makes them much, much, much weaker. We saw it when, when Gurley wasn't in and CJ Anderson was in. Yes, they won, but they were nowhere near as exciting or as dynamic. In the AFC, the Chiefs are a mess. I mean, when they lost Kareem Hunt last year and they covered yeah, it with Damian exactly. Williams. Damian Williams is not a starting dynamic running back for me. No. As a Dolphins fan, he, he's fine. He's, you know, he's, he's a solid, reliable player. He's not going to win you games. And now, they're probably going to lose Tyreek Hill. 
I'm not a big fan of Mahomes. You're leaving Mahomes with not a lot. Yeah, Mahomes is good. Mahomes is good in that system, but you now have to replace the playmakers. Mm -hmm. So I think at this point, the Patriots are the favourites, unfortunately. I agree. Um, but then they, I think they're only favourites because of who's in charge of their better check and Brady will always worry people. And while they're both there, they're always going to be favourites or up there or thereabouts. Um, now, I actually think that there's a team that have come from out of nowhere that could be a real dark horse issue. You're going to say the Browns. And that's the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Good weapons, good quarterback, good D, which I showed last year. It would not surprise me if we see them really push um, deep into the playoffs or even get into a Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying they're my favourites, but they are very, they'll be a very tough team to beat this year. Yeah, I have the Browns as my dark horses in the AFC. What worries me with them is the egos. Yeah. Because Jarvis Landry wants to be the one who catches all the balls. OBJ wants to be the one who catches all the balls. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield wants to be the one that wins everything. Yeah. So I wonder how those egos will go together. Obviously, Jarvis Landry and OBJ are besties. So I'm sure they'll be able to figure something out. And probably the best two wide receiving combo. They're probably the best wide receiving combo in the whole league if they're playing well. Probably. So what does this do to the Browns' young receivers that were coming through? Just Yeah. Because you are... But then maybe... Right, you're, you're always going to look at them two first, but yeah. and a lot of defenders are going to have to double up on one of them. It should leave these younger, good wide receivers to actually pick up quite a bit this year. Um, the only other sort of wide receiver that I look at who could really push on this year is Juju without Avery. Yeah. But then he's going to be double teamed a lot this year. He is. Can he be a wide receiver one? That's that's the problem. That's something that we're going to have to look 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 at this year because he was a great wide receiver too, maybe. Yeah. He pretty much took that team on his back a lot last year and, and drove that team to where they needed to be. But can they? Can he do it on his own? Because they haven't got really a second, a number two now. Yeah. That will really be like Juju. So it'd be interesting. Um, I can't see the Steelers doing anything. I think I don't think uh, Roethlisberger is good enough anymore. Um, Dolphins could have a decent year, I think. If no, they they could push. They, I think they'll. I think they could be playoff bound. You got. I've seen a few videos of the training and quarterback there doing well. I think you might have a good year. I think. I think we're going to be a system team. Yeah. So it's just going to depend on how how well that system works and how we've got some dynamic options on the offense. Quarterback yeah. is an issue because if it's Fitzpatrick at some point, he will become a dumpster fire because he's always a dumpster fire at some point in every single season. Yeah. But for me, the one I'm looking forward to seeing is the Cardinals. To draft a quarterback for the second year in the first round. Complete change of offense. Yeah. It will either be an upgraded version of the Chiefs offense or it will be a complete train wreck. And then they will have to go back and draft a quarterback for the third year in a row. I, I was very surprised that they still took Kyler Murray at uh, one. Yep. Now, for many reasons, one, he's not played loads of games as a starting quarterback. Yep. I, think I think it was something like 12, yep. something like that. Don't quite mean a number, but it's something around, that, something around there. How do you know he's that good to be a number one draft pick with 12 starts? Yep. All right, he had a cracking season, but... You've put everything you've got into two quarterbacks as a number one pick to really, you could be in a year's time back to square one. 
because of what they've done with their quarterback situation, they're actually paying quarterbacks who are no longer on their roster nearly twice as much as they're playing quarterbacks that are on the roster, which is an astonishing statistic. How ridiculous. It shows how badly they run, and I think it'd be fun if they actually blow up completely again. Yeah, but you go back four years, I think that was done all or nothing yeah. with um, uh, Fitz, David Johnson. Um, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. They looked like they were going to do. They were going to go up the big things. Yeah. And then in four years' time, they are, as you said, they're an absolute train wreck over there. Now, that could come good. That Fitz has another good year. Kyler Murray actually fits in and is Kyler Murray that everyone I think is hoping that he does. If David Johnson has a year that he could have, like his first couple of years in the league, he was right up there as running backs or probably in the top five running backs. Now, if he has a good year. You never know with the Cardinals. But again, their defence was so bad last year. Yeah, and that offensive line is just appalling. So that could be fun. It'll be an interesting year, and I'm actually really looking forward to um, actually getting it started. So, yeah, I think that's us done for today, isn't it? Yep, that concludes the first ever episode of 10 for the Win. And we'd love to hear what you think of this week's episode. So hit us up on socials. We are 10 for the Win on Instagram and 10 for the Win underscore pod on Twitter and Facebook. And do take the time to follow and share us because we will have competitions. And if you have any ideas for questions that we can ask next week, then let us know. And if they're good enough, we will include them. And check us out again next week and tell all your friends. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.